Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Welcome to the presentation of our annual accounts. I'm Gareth Davis. I've been CEO since 2018. I've been with the business since 1999, previously head of agriculture. My background is uh, commercial sales and commercial sales management. Good afternoon. I'm Paul Roberts, man and boy with Wednesday. You'll see my 35 years experience, generally our career led at Wednesday. For those who are not so familiar with the business, uh, the background to our business is that uh, we're a business about supplying farmers and customers in the rural communities. Started in 1918, uh, here where we are today in, on the borders of, of Wales and England in mid-Wales, was started as a cooperative, uh, becoming a PLC in 1992 and listing onto the AIM market in 2004. I often use a phrase when people ask me, so what does your business do? Uh, we, we, we basically help farmers, both livestock and arable farmers, to produce food in a sustainable way. Our strategy is based upon supplying most agricultural inputs, uh, with the exception of farm machinery. We, we don't supply uh, tractors or combine harvesters or any machinery that they should pull. And uh, our business is based within mainland GB, mainland Great Britain, we do not export. Uh, we have a balanced business model. And what I mean by that is, is that we supply farmers, uh, both livestock and arable farmers, which provides a natural hedge. You may be aware of the term horn v corn, uh, you'll sometimes find that arable farmers are doing particularly well if the price of grain is high. Whilst at the same time, maybe livestock farmers aren't doing quite so well because uh, that grain uh, that the arable farmer sells will be used in feed that the livestock farmer buys and vice versa. But this natural hedge does enable us to deliver consistent results. As a business, we report in two divisions, and I will go through more detail later in the presentation, but we report as agriculture, which incorporates feed, arable, and grass and grain limited, and also specialist agricultural merchanting in the 53 depots that we have are Young's Animal Feeds in addition to that. I'll give you more details of the sectors later on in the presentation. We have a number of routes to market, how we uh, deal with our customers. It's either come into the depots to collect product, product can be delivered to farm, uh, we have a point of difference in many of our sectors that we deal on with expert advisors, uh, individuals, our representatives who would uh, call and farm to discuss business by appointment. We have a number of specialist catalogues, uh, dairy, poultry, uh, beef and sheep. And we also have a digital offering as well. This slide here gives you an idea of where we're based and our geographical reach. The left-hand map is an indicator of where manufacturing sites are. We have 12 in total. The green circles indicate that our four fertilizer blending operations from Montrose up in Scotland into East Yorkshire and into Lancashire. The red circles are our feed operations, and they're naturally on the western side of the country with the livestock are. And we also have one seed plant at Shrewsbury, which is a purple circle. Just to give you an idea of the scale of the business, we've got 970 people as employees. And the indication of the, of the blue colour is the darker the blue is where we're more intensive, where we're more market share. And quite naturally, that is where we started, right in the borders here of Wales. 
But over time, we've been able to expand the business, uh, not all the, way, all the way across the UK, but certainly in most areas, with the exception of the southeast of England and various parts of Scotland. We run our own commercial fleet. We have about 110 commercial vehicles. On the right-hand um, map will indicate to you uh, where our depots are. 53 depots are mainly on the western side of the country because the model that we have in the depots, which we'll cover a little bit later on, is very much on the livestock sector. The livestock is on the left hand on the western side, with arable on the eastern side. And the three green circles are the three depots that we have as part of the Young's Animal Feeds. So if I just cover the operational highlights for the year, I'm very, very pleased with the performance of the business. Uh, we've had another record year, and very importantly, we have seen significant strategic progress that's been made throughout the year. This strong trading performance has certainly been uh, helped by a favourable trading environment for our customers, our farmers. 2022 overall uh, was a good year for farmers. Picking out a couple of highlights of the year for the business, Grainlink, our crop marketing business, achieved a record performance with volumes up 31% on the previous year, and we've also had good margins as well. Glass and grain performed exceptionally well. Uh, this did include the fertilizer division delivering significant one-off gains, but again, we'll give you more detail later on in the presentation. And also our joint venture businesses, they performed well. We have a number of joint venture businesses, which includes Bibi Agriculture, Supply and Feed the Farmers, and that business also had a record performance as well. The strong financial position of the business has certainly enabled us to continue to deliver our growth strategy. Humphrey Feeds and Pullets was acquired in March. It's a highly complementary acquisition. It aligns very much to our strategic strategy and ambitions, and at the same time has given us increased geographical coverage. This was also followed at the end of the year in November by a further acquisition of Tamar Milling in Cornwall. And we've continued to invest in our manufacturing capacity. Manufacturing is also key to the growth of this business. Uh, investment has been made in seed at our plant in Shrewsbury. This has doubled the grass seed capacity. And also at feed, uh, the project at Carmarthen Mill has started in uh, this year, will be completed next year. That project is also underway. These are strong results, uh, but they will not be repeated this year. However, the underlying performance of the business has been exceptionally strong. And our business model of supply and products, uh, products, services, and advice, our balanced business model, for both livestock and arable farmers, has again helped us deliver this performance. And we are well-placed to grow the business and to deliver our strategic ambitions as we go forward. I would now like to hand over to Paul to cover the financial key points. Thank you, Gareth. Um, so just the financial highlights of the year. Quick reminder that our business model is what I'd like to refer to as an absolute unit margin model. We tend to price our products on a margin per tonne or per unit category that we're referring to, whereas our revenue is actually fairly volatile depending on underlying commodity prices, the majority of which we have little control over because they are globally traded activities. During the year, we saw a particularly volatile period for worldwide commodities. Obviously, macroeconomic events and global uncertainty created considerable inflation 
in a lot of the activities that we're involved with. Uh, so of the 213 million overall increase in revenues, we've actually attributed an estimate of about 180 million of that is related to underlying commodity inflation. So last year's volumes at the previous year prices would have meant that this year's revenue would have been 180 odd million lower. During the period, we had a very significant acquisition, the Humphreys poultry business, which was acquired in March 22. So we had uh, roughly an eight month contribution from that business, which brought in a further 32 million. But these figures do mask the underlying performance where we did experience positive volume variances in important categories, not least the grain trading activity that Garrett's already mentioned, but also very importantly in manufactured feed, which is a very strong category for us. This was offset by lower volumes in fertilizer, where the higher prices obviously acted as a deterrent to some farmers, particularly on the grassland activities, and we experienced lower seed volumes. We have reported a near doubling of underlying profits, but highlighted that this includes a number of one-off gains. So the obvious question is, what is the quantum of the uh, what we are classifying as one-off? And while this isn't an entirely straightforward question to provide a simple answer for, I would refer you to those one-off gains that we are highlighting and the activities from which it's come from. They're mainly in our fertilizer activities where our financial year started with initial increases in natural gas prices caused by increasing tensions. You perhaps uh, recall the CO2 shortages, and that was as a result of a reduction in fertilizer productions from which CO2 is produced for the food industry. This was then exacerbated by the commencement of the war in Ukraine in February, and then indeed continued into the second half of our financial year with disruption and tensions growing, particularly between Europe and Russia and the issues with the gas pipeline. All of these created spikes in prices of fertilizer commodities from which our Glasson business, being a, a manufacturer of fertilizer products, benefited from the stock gains. Our estimate of that overall combination is around 9 million. Towards the year end, again, volatile prices uh, for wheat uh, created another uh, one-off gain of around a half a million. So in total, about 9.5 million is our estimate of what we're classifying as the one-off elements. Uh, clearly, the higher profits have fed through to uh, earnings per share and indeed contributed to a strong cash performance at the year end, which was enhanced by a successful equity placing that took place in August to support our wide investment plans for the future, more of which you'll hear about later on in the presentation. We're very pleased again to highlight our progressive dividend policy, where for each one of the 19 years that we've been on the A market, we have been able to report increases in our dividend, a further 10% rise this year to uh, a total of 17 pence for the year. The graphs on this slide really are just demonstrating the record performance on all financial metrics. 
the business model of the absolute unit margin model that I've already mentioned really suggests that that gross profit chart is the key KPI indicator for the underlying performance of the business. And you can see the 33% increase in that metric in the year is the driver of the bottom line result. And obviously, that increment includes the one-off gains that I've already mentioned, and also an approximate five and a half million contribution from that proportionate uh, result of the Humphreys acquisition. Just quickly looking at the financial statements for the year, it's important to bear in mind that we are comparing like with like for the acquisition. The income statement, obviously, I've talked about the revenue, uh, gross profit, but I suppose a factor that everybody is well aware of, input cost inflation, has clearly been a challenge for the business and will continue to be a major challenge in the new financial year, where costs, particularly labour, energy and distribution, will be a challenge going forward. And obviously now including finance costs with increases in interest rates after a period of very low finance costs, it's obviously a factor for us going forward. Moving to the balance sheet, again, we like to highlight the asset-backed nature of Wednesday. We have total net assets equating to something like £6.30 per share, inclusive of goodwill on the balance sheet, but also a substantial freehold property portfolio, which is contained in this balance sheet at historic costs. A recent valuation that we had done during the last financial year highlighted around about £10 million of difference between the carrying value in this balance sheet and the uh, current market values for those operating locations. So again, just another emphasis on the uh, the asset back nature of the uh, of the business. But the main story from the year is one of working capital. The inflation that we've talked about has created a working capital challenge, which I believe we've managed extremely well. But you can see from some of those individual numbers, whether it's stock, whether it's debtors, there have been some substantial increases. We've had to fund effectively around £16 million worth of additional working capital. If we look at the cash flow statement, you'll see that this is actually being financed from very strong cash generation, which you'll see was approaching £14 million. And again, I like to demonstrate that best on the next slide, which is a good old fashioned net cash, net debt reconciliation. So you'll see our profits in cash terms, EBITDA of 28 million, inclusive obviously of the one-off gains that I've highlighted. You'll see the working capital outflow that has been financed from those cash profits and where we've actually invested that activity. Reconciling down to the net cash position at the year end, both in accounting terms at 14 million, but more importantly, after excluding property leases, which are classified as debt, uh, some 18 million on a definition that the bank is interested in for covenant purposes. So again, a very strong financial year end, which we do acknowledge is always exaggerated because it does represent the best of our annual basis. Those are just basically the same numbers in pictorial form. So if we look at the cash cycle for a year, I like this chart because it demonstrates the predictable nature of cash generation within our business. 
I've mentioned that our October year end is the trough of our cash utilisation requirements, which actually peaks with our interim results in April. And you can see the predictable seasonal swing from that. I've allowed this chart to go back some nearly 10 years just to really demonstrate the trend line, which I think shows both the growth of our business, but also the scale of our activities over that period and the way that they've actually grown, the way that we've been able to fund that expansion without any real challenges. Finally, for me, the segmental analysis, uh, we like to use this slide to demonstrate that balanced nature of the business that Gareth previously mentioned. Our two main divisions there, if we can grow both of those segments as shown by the pie charts proportionately, our business model is designed to create equal contributions from the two divisions. You can see that that's been clearly distorted in the last financial year because of those one-off issues that have been recorded and reported in our agricultural division. Uh, Thank you, Paul. Um, As an introduction to the agricultural division, I'll give you an overview of the agricultural uh, environment. So the Ukraine war has certainly had an impact on both farm output and farm input prices. The top table on the right-hand side relates to farm output, in other words, what farmers have had for their product. And uh, the comparison there is uh, a year start and a year end. And we've certainly seen during that period of time, uh, the majority of farm commodities have increased in value, with the exception of uh, oilseed rape and lamb, which has been fairly constant. Uh, Grain prices certainly finished the year considerably higher than the beginning of the year. And um, also during the year, Grain prices went significantly higher than that, to a top of about £340 per tonne. And whilst milk prices have reached record levels of late, certainly in December and early January, about 50 pence per litre or thereabouts, this has now started to fall off as uh, supply has started to outstrip demand. The bottom table demonstrates farm inputs. We've concentrated here on feed, fertiliser and, uh, and fuel. And you can see the increase in the year there. Post year end, some of these commodities have started to fall off. And agricultural inflation in general, we've taken two positions of comparison. And right across agricultural inputs, agricultural inflation year on year was 32% at that stage. Uh, whilst this has actually come down slightly for January, or considerably for January rather, um, comparison in January only last week indicates a 17%. So, what that indicates really is the amount of money that uh, our farmers have had to um, come across to to be able to run their business. But overall, 2022 has been a particularly good year for UK agriculture, probably with the exception of the free-range egg sector, uh, which has suffered from margin erosion, but that sector now is coming better as feed prices have started to fall and egg prices have started to go up. Our feed division, this in itself provides a natural hedge. Why do I say that? Because we produce feed for dairy cows, beef cattle, sheep, and also free-range hens. So that gives us that internal hedge again. During the year, we have significantly increased our presence in the UK feed sector. Uh, Like-for-like volumes of organic growth was 6%, an increase of 6%. Particularly pleased with the progress that we have made in the dairy sector and the free-range egg sector. These areas uh, are areas that we've targeted, sectors we've targeted as part of our growth strategy. Uh, Our dairy volumes increased by 6.9%, against a national trend 
uh, information provided by consulting, the dairy volumes actually dropped 1.5%. So we certainly gained market share there. However, margins were impacted during the year as a result of uh, raw material volatility and also increased costs, particularly fuel, uh, where we weren't always able to pass on those costs uh, maybe quite soon enough. The Humphrey acquisition has certainly increased our market share of supply and feed to the free-range hen sector. Our market share has gone up 6 to 11% as a result of this acquisition. We're particularly pleased with the acquisition ahead of our expectations as far as our contribution is concerned. And it is pleasing on the, on the basis that the sector has been under pressure, not only from margins, but also from the impact of avian influenza. Since the beginning of October, about 1 million birds have been culled within the free-range sector as a result of avian influenza or, um, or bird flu. Our commitment to working with our customers uh, and, and the food chain in general to reduce carbon has certainly been enhanced uh, by the introduction of a climate-friendly range of ruminant animal feeds. Uh, this range of feeds uh, contains raw materials, uh, which has been grown in a sustainable manner, and also includes a methane inhibitor to reduce methane. This product has been approved by the Carbon Trust. Uh, it reduces methane about 10%, whilst at the same time, uh, increases the efficiency of milk production and feed conversion in, in beef animals. Our sales have increased, increased by 34% year on year. But looking forward, we do believe that milk and meat processors will insist that those people who supply uh, into the chain, their farmers, will be asked to feed their animals on feed which has been sourced from sustainable um, resources and grown in a sustainable way. And we're certainly in a good position to be able to supply feed into those customers. Investment in our feed manufacturing is key to us. Uh, the six plants that I talked about earlier on, this will increase capacity for us. Uh, we have started the investment at Carmarthen in South Wales. Uh, this is a six million investment to double the capacity of the site and that will be completed in the first half of 2024. And also the redevelopment of the Carn site in Wiltshire, uh, part of the Humphrey um, purchase. Uh, we are now in the process of, uh, of com coming to a, a conclusion on the options that we have for the site and progress will start uh, certainly during this financial year. That will give us three multi-species feed mills, uh, well located geographically, uh, we'll be able to service our customers with quality feeds, but very, very importantly, we'll be produced on a local basis. Uh, what that will do for us, it will reduce our cost of delivery. Uh, the increased volumes will, be able, will, will enable us to increase our markets on a local basis. And at the same time, reducing feed miles, which will contribute to the reduction of carbon for our customers. The arable sector has had an excellent performance, uh, particularly in view of the dry summer and the dry spring, and that certainly impacted the sales of uh, some products such as grass seed. The grain link our crop marketing business, which I referred to earlier on, 31% increase in volumes. Uh, and that is based on a year before that we had a significant increase on the year before that. And whilst we compare that with uh, market share, we've certainly increased market share. Uh, whilst there was a good harvest, the harvest of 2022 was 11% up on the previous year. Our market share gains has come in the eastern part of the country, and this was an area that we have certainly targeted as part of a strategic plan. 
Fertiliser sales volumes within Wednesday agricultural supplies were reduced. They were impacted, particularly in the livestock sector, from the increase in price. However, contribution from the sector to the business has been strong as a result of increased margins. Certified seed sales, cereal sales were reduced. This came about as a result of a good harvest, an early harvest and a good quality harvest, enabling farmers to effectively save some of the seed that they produced for sowing in the autumn period. Now, this doesn't happen every year, but the difference this year was there was an early harvest, which gave them sufficient time to be able to do so. And at the same time, based on the cost of grain, the cost of seed also went up. So that reduced our sales by about 19%. But we also made the commercial decision to exit some low margin wholesale trades. A highlight of the year uh, for arable farmers in, in the West Midlands is the Wednesday arable event. Um, this returned after an absence of two years, absent because of COVID, a very, very successful event uh, attended by 800 farmers and is a key it is a key event in our marketing calendar for the business. It portrays the business well and showcases what we do in the arable sector. The doubling of the grass seed mixing capacity at Astley will allow us to grow both our conventional grass seed sales and also our environmental seed offering. Farmers are now seeking the opportunity of sowing both the herbs and pollinators uh, on mar particularly on marginal land, and also to integrate diversity into the arable and livestock rotations. Government support schemes uh, will reward uh, those farmers who adopt greener farming strategies. UK agriculture is certainly changing post-Brexit, and we will continue to collaborate with seed breeders to make sure that we are in a position to be able to offer our customers the highest quality products and cutting-edge advice. Glass and Grain is our subsidiary business based up in Lancashire on a small dock in the River Loon at Glass and Dock. And we run the business as a subsidiary. We purchased the business in 2006. Uh, the business has an exceptional result. And in addition to those one-off gains from fertilizer trading that was Paul referred to earlier on, the underlying performance of the business was very much in line with our expectations. During the previous year, we acquired the site at Howden, the fourth of our fertilizer manufacturing plants, and that has certainly contributed well in the year. And while sales have been impacted by the increase in fertilizer prices, I am particularly pleased with how the management of Glasson has managed the fertilizer business to a very volatile trading period. And there was also a strong performance from the raw material trading operation, which again managed that volatility particularly well with good volumes and also increased margins. However, within the business, the, the corn mill, uh, the, the operation which manufactures specialist feeds, and the rest of our business, our feed manufacturing plants produce feed for larger farm animals. We have a plant at glass and that produces feed for uh, wild birds and smaller animals. And certainly volumes in that sector of the business was impacted by the um, consumer spend crisis uh, as people stopped feeding birds, basically, and volumes as a result of that came down. But as we move forward, the business is in good shape and we will concentrate on our core activities by seeking further efficiencies, particularly uh, within the specialist animal feed operations and to seek opportunities to expand our successful fertilizer blending operations, particularly in the southern part of the UK.
specialist agricultural merchant in our depots. And our depots, the 53 our depots that we have, are very much similar to a builder's merchants, really. But 80% of the trade comes through with farmers, business to business, and to the balance is anybody can come and purchase from there, whether it be by cash or card. They still remain a very, very key route for us, particularly within the livestock sectors. Very strong performance from the depots. Revenue is up 5%. Uh, which in relation to agricultural inflation would suggest that uh, maybe the number of items sold through the depots was lower. Certainly its sales were impacted by agricultural inflation, particularly discretionary spend was reduced, and also the dry summer, reducing sales of products such as animal health, uh, crop packaging, and, uh, and also hardware such as fencing materials. But we're particularly pleased that the contribution from the division increased by 11%. And this was a result of efficiencies, particularly in relation to distribution and also the depot optimization program of, um, of closing one small depot at, at the Thanew in West Wales. But we also saw increase of higher margin products such as animal feeds. Uh, we make that feed ourselves. We distribute it, we branded our own bags, and therefore we are able to capture more margin. And I was certainly pleased to see an increase in sales for the depots of our own feed. We now have uh, 2,300 customers who operate our digital portal. The majority of the customers on the platform, however, uh, use it to seek information and also to pay their accounts. Uh, they don't actually purchase too much online. Previous um, Surveys that we've done with our customers and non-customers still suggest that farmers would prefer to either come to our depots or deal with our specialists on the farm. However, we will continue to build the platform to encourage our customers to trade online should they wish, whilst at the same time communicate with people either via social media or podcasts. Providing an added value service is certainly paramount to, us, to the success of the depots. And we will continue to invest both in the premises and also the training of our employees by increasing the number of qualified advisors that we have, particularly in key product areas such as animal health, nutrition, cropping and hardware. ESG is a key pillar in our strategy. Uh, we appointed a sustainability manager uh, back in 2021 and in support of Lewis, uh, we have now engaged a sustainable farm advisory team consisting of experienced industry experts to help advise us on the delivery of our ambitions. This is a team of six people, includes people such as Philip Wynne, who is the chair of LEAF, uh, Lincoln Environment and Farming, an organisation that is particularly strong on engaging the urban community with farm open days. He also acts as director of Dyson Farming that you may be aware of. And Tom Gill, very much involved in the sustainability of Arla Foods, would be one of the largest milk processors in the UK and indeed Europe. We are moving forward with ESG and we will be preparing a full TCFD report, which will be included in the 2023 annual report. But as a business, we have an aim to become carbon neutral by 2040 and we are making progress. An example within the business that we have is that of those 53 depots, 90% of them now have LED lighting. Uh, the rest will be rolled out during this financial year. And this has already saved us 50% in terms of electricity used. We've also agreed to install a one megawatt solar panel system across a number of our sites, an investment of £1 million. 
And this is the first stage of a multi-site investment rollout of renewables, solar panels over the next three to five years. But also important within ESG is how we work with our customers. And we are developing an holistic whole farm solution to help our farmers, both arable and livestock farmers, to deliver their own environmental outcomes through products and services such as nutrient management plans, uh, working with our farmers to identify uh, what is the right amount of fertiliser in conjunction with farmyard manures to apply to the land to optimally grow the crop. And also the sourcing of raw materials that are grown and produced in a sustainable manner. Our aim is clearly to become a carbon neutral business. Coupled with a sustainability strategy, which supports our customers to become more efficient in the production of food and to help the farmers feed the UK in a far more sustainable way. So in summary and the outlook, whilst our performance has been boosted by one-off gains, it has been an excellent performance from the group. Our strong balance sheet and financial position has certainly enabled us to further invest in our strategic plan. We have also raised funds that will enable us to invest in our production facilities and very importantly, enable us to continue with an M&A strategy to increase the scale of the business. We are very pleased with the acquisition of Humphrey Feeds and Pullets and thereafter Tamar Milling in Cornwall, an acquisition that took place in November. This is a feed business in Cornwall. It blends feeds. Um, it gives us a new customer base. It has a very well-respected and renowned, renowned brand and also a strong management team that will continue with the business. And at the same time, it gives us increased geographical reach and adds to the number of specialists that we have on farm, particularly in the ruminant sector. However, the cost pressures on the sector remain. And whilst input prices have started to fall, uh, some farm outputs have started to fall from all-time highs, particularly grain and milk. Whilst this will be challenging for some of our customers, our proven balanced business model will certainly help us mitigate any variances in sector profitability. We're now three months into the new financial year and trading is very much in line with our expectations. And our group board has a clear vision for the business and we are very well placed to be able to achieve our ambitions, not only for this year and for the short term, but also beyond in line with our strategic plan. Uh, that brings me to the end of the presentation and we're more than happy to take questions. Many thanks, Gareth. And we have a first question. If property which is on the balance sheet at cost were to be included at current market valuations, how would this impact the NAV? As I mentioned in the um, presentation, um, the valuation that we had carried out uh, during the summer of last year uh, estimated a about 10 million of difference between um, market values for ongoing operations and the historic costs that we show uh, in, the, in the balance sheet. So that 10 million would effectively run through to uh, approximately 50 pence per share. Can you explain in more detail what the redevelopment of the Khan facility will do for you? Uh, yes, I mean, the Khan facility was uh, integral to the Humphreys uh, acquisition. The uh, existing feed mill from which the volume is currently being manufactured was retained by the vendors for redevelopment purposes. So the plan always uh, involved 
uh, transferring uh, that volume to a new or a different plant. Um, we took a four-year lease out on the existing plant, so that gives an idea of the time frame uh, that we're operating in. But it was um, an added uh, incentive for Winstay to acquire that business because Winstay is a multi-species business, as Gareth has already highlighted. We, uh, we don't focus on any particular enterprise. We like to spread our risks uh, across uh, various farming enterprises. And we um, obviously identified the opportunity if we were redeveloping a uh, new feed plant or a refurbished feed plant, that we would want to produce more than just poultry feed in that plant. So the opportunity to include ruminant um, products uh, in that facility really gave us uh, the ability to open up a new market in a new geography for us. So that was the most exciting aspect of the uh, redevelopment plan. Uh, we've clearly spent uh, nine months or so now uh, actively investigating what is the best method of um, incorporating that multi-species uh, opportunity into the carn mill. And um, we're now very close to uh, being able to finalise the designs for that opportunity uh, with a view to making sure that we complete the transaction within the time frame that we have from the uh, existing leased facilities. So um, we're, we're clearly very committed uh, to the project. Uh, at the time of the acquisition, we identified a spend uh, in the region of about 13 million. Unfortunately, inflation is likely to have um, pushed those overall costs up, which means that we've got to make sure that um, we are getting value for money for the product that uh, we end up producing from, from that facility. But uh, everybody within the business is, is really excited by the new opportunities that will, that will bring in the West Country as well. Thank you very much. And the balance sheet shows a considerable level of debtors. Are you finding in the current economic climate that any customers are experiencing difficulties in settling their accounts? I mean, clearly the debtors uh, figure in the balance sheet reflects the inflationary environment uh, that uh, we've been talking about throughout this presentation, really. Uh, we have been fortunate, I think, in that, um, as Gareth really uh, already explained, the, uh, the farming environment has had probably its most successful year in living memory. So the level of the debtor book clearly uh, takes some additional financing, but it is not high on our uh, uh, list of, of concerns. I certainly wouldn't want to sound complacent. The environment is changing. Farm gate prices will come down. And I'm sure that we'll be moving into a more challenging period. But at the moment, certainly the balance sheet that we reported last year, we are, we are comfortable with that nature. Why did you feel the need to raise 10 million of new equity for acquisitions when you could have easily financed them from your own resources and extra bank borrowing without the need to dilute? We have quite a considerable um, investment programme uh, ahead of us. Obviously, post that uh, fundraising, which took place in, in August, we completed a further transaction of Tamar Milling uh, in November. So clearly that was already in the pipeline. We have a very strong target list um, to continue to uh, expand that strategy that Gareth alluded to, which includes uh, acquisitions. 
But in addition to the Khan investment that um, still needs to come through over the next year or so, uh, we have a very substantial investment in our Carmarthen Mill in South Wales, where we're investing some £6 million to double the capacity of that production plant. Uh, we've recently completed um, an investment in our seed processing facility in Shrewsbury, but we have additional warehousing um, planning permission, uh, some 30,000 square feet of uh, new warehousing. So obviously we're continuing to invest in the future of the business. And when you combine all of those plans together, uh, having a sensible uh, balance of equity versus debt uh, is a, a good and conservative position uh, to be in. Um, we are conservative in our, uh, in our nature and uh, we recognise the debt capacity within our balance sheet, but feel that that needs to be utilised in a, in a balanced format. Tremendous. Thank you very much. And that's the end of questions. Gareth, do you have any closing remarks? I'd just like to say thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, the business is in a good position. And uh, if there is anything that anybody would like to catch up with uh, post this meeting, we're very pleased to do so. But thank you for joining us and uh, have a good day. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.